This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wandsworth. And we are going to have a pretty interesting show today. We're going to kind of break the mold of how we regularly do our show. And we're going to talk about a pretty relevant topic that's happened here at CSU recently. And that, of course... As well as around the world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely all around the world, too. Um, And that's going to be the coronavirus um, and how it's impacted students here and how it's impacting students around the world. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's pretty big news. Uh, things are happening really fast. Things are changing pretty fast. So we thought we'd slow it down, get all the information together, and uh, talk about it. Talk about the statistics, talk about what the government's doing, talk about what the school's doing. Uh, also, we thought it was pretty relevant that uh, Colorado's state Senate is coming out with lots and lots of new health care bills over the last about two weeks have completely... Uh, have written a complete overhaul for how our healthcare system works. And while these, none of these bills have been signed into law, we wanted to talk about them. So we're having a big discussion about that today. Uh, we want to ask you, and we're going to keep asking you, well, what are your thoughts on coronavirus? I know on Tuesday, I, I wasn't here, but Ren told me, uh, everyone talked about as students, how it affects, how it affects you. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious as a, a global concept, conceptually, and with what's going on in the world right now, what are your thoughts on coronavirus? And you can text those into 970-491-5278. Yeah, or you could even give us a really personal story about how it's affected maybe your commute, maybe you're planning on going home this spring break, maybe someone was going to come see you. Yeah, just let us know how it's affecting you and what are your thoughts about it. Maybe you're watching this from the live stream in Italy. <laughs> Very cool. If you're in another country, let us know. That would be, I think that would be a first for us. Um, we we have been, I'm not sure if, I, I hope it's not coronavirus, but we've been hit by sickness too. Both of our reporters from today who are usually here, uh, Chrissy and Brittany, are both feeling under the weather. Uh, Chrissy is confirmed not to have coronavirus. <laughs> I, I hope Brittany is the same way. But uh, time will tell. We're going to be talking about that all today. So yeah, text in your responses on that kind of everything we have from here on out is going to be about the virus. So uh, we're going to hop into it. And don't forget, you can always text in your opinion to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. And we're going to hop right in because the coronavirus is heavy on all of our minds right now. And with so much happening at once, we thought we'd take this show to really slow it down and talk about the facts. So we're going to talk about the actual statistics, what our government is doing about it, and what CSU is doing about it. And then we actually were lucky enough to have a phone call with State Senator Kerry Donovan, where uh, we are going to talk about Colorado's new bill for a public health care option, which was introduced a few days ago. Uh, the State Senate has released many new bills regarding health care. And we think that in light of current events, it's important that we all understand what resources are available to us and what's going on in the system. So we're going to look at what the numbers are looking like currently. And unfortunately, according to the Denver Channel, there's no conclusive number as of right now. This is due to testing centers in Denver closing early, quote, due to a high volume of people waiting in line to get tested. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment at 1 p.m. said it was working to establish and communicate a cutoff point for the line based on resources available at the Lowry area facility. People in line who didn't get tested Thursday will get first priority on Friday, and line waits were averaging three to four hours today. The last known number of positive Coloradoans with the coronavirus was 44, which was updated earlier this morning. While there is one case of coronavirus in Larimer County, the virus has not yet reached Fort Collins. Even so, many public events are being canceled and the state is officially in a state of emergency. 
While this may sound dire, an official state of emergency distinction is actually a tool used by government officials to expand aid to testing centers and hospitals. Because a state of emergency was announced yesterday, response efforts can be increased massively. This is important because while 350 people had been tested as of yesterday's announcement, that number has more than doubled in the 48 hours following. While confirmed cases remain scarce, testing centers can't currently keep up with demand. The announcement of a state of emergency aims to counter the shortage. As of this morning, the World Health Organization reports that globally 4,613 people have died of coronavirus, and about 125,000 have confirmed cases. Out of those numbers, about 81,000 cases come from China, and uh, same for 3,173 of the deaths. This means that worldwide, China has roughly 65% of the confirmed cases of coronavirus worldwide and 70% of the deaths. 117 countries and territories have confirmed cases of coronavirus. As of this morning, according to the World Health Organization, the United States has 987 confirmed cases of the virus and 29 deaths. According to the official U.S. government coronavirus information page, the government has suspended entry into the U.S., for travelers who have in the last 14 days been to Iran, China, Austria, Belgium, Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Italy, Latvia, Liechtenstein, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland. The U.S. government also recommends that you not travel outside the country until this virus is under control. The federal government is increasing its focus in research to combat the coronavirus and working with the global community. President Trump announced in his address yesterday that the federal government has authorized an additional $8.3 billion addition to the Center for Disease Control's budget to counter the virus. The president said, quote, This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures, we will significantly reduce the threat to our citizens and will ultimately and exponentially defeat the virus. Expediously. Uh, the president also mentioned that while infection risk is low, the threat this virus, pose, this virus poses to our economy is a real one. Quote, I am instructing the Small Business Administration to ex exercise available authority to provide capital and liquid liquidity to firms affected by coronavirus, the president announced. Effective immediately, the SBA will begin providing economic loans in affected states and territories. These low interest loans will help small businesses overcome temporary economic disruptions caused by the virus. To this end, I'm asking Congress to increase funding to this program by an additional 50 billion. He continued, using emergency authority, I will be instructing the Treasury Department to defer tax payments without interests or penalties for certain individuals and businesses negatively impacted. This action will provide more than $200 billion of additional liquidity to the economy. Will these actions be enough? The U.S. stock market is seeing the largest dip since 2008, and as of yesterday, fell from being a bull market to a bear market, which in layman's terms mean our stock market is officially in collapse. Today's numbers are even more drastic with the Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ all dropping by roughly 10%, which is the single largest one-day loss this country has seen since 1987. Travel shutdown and coronavirus fears are fueling investors' anxiety, and while there is hope that the market will bounce back after the threat of the virus is neutralized, it is also possible that this could be the start of a new recession. It is worth noting that while previous recessions were caused by inflated lending and credit, this would be the first modern economic recession in the United States to be created by a disease. 
The unprecedented nature of this situation makes it very difficult to predict what effects will persist once the virus is handled and what will be fixed up. Colorado State University is taking its own initiative in addressing the coronavirus. Following the announcement of schools like University of Colorado Boulder closing, CSU has followed suit, announcing that it will be taking an extended spring break with classes resuming online afterwards. In an email, CSU President Joyce McConnell said, Dear students, staff, and faculty, with the courageous commitment of our Colorado State University community, CSU has faced many challenges. Today, we face a global health crisis in which we play a critical role by slowing transmission transmission of the COVID-19 and freeing our local hospital to treat the critically ill. We can and must do our part to safeguard the health of our entire community. I thank you all in advance for your compassion for others and patience in navigating a complex situation. We have no knowledge of any cases of COVID-19 associated either with our residence halls or with the university more broadly. Nevertheless, as you know, We are in daily consultation with public health officials at local, state, and national levels and following their science-based guidance. As a result, we are taking the following steps immediately to do our part, which includes the following. Classes moving online. Spring break for students and faculty will be extended through Tuesday, March 24th, with classes resuming Wednesday, March 25th as follows. Classes at all levels will be delivered online beginning Wednesday, March 25th. Online teaching and course delivery will remain in effect until April 10th. We will reevaluate and issue further guidelines in advance of that date. Individual academic units will follow up with their students regarding accommodations for accessibility issues, including online and computer access, internships, laboratory classes, and other special circumstances. Our fundamental mission is to educate our students, and we are committed to preserving their educational access, opportunities, and success for the remainder of the semester, regardless of circumstances. Remember, this is the email from Joyce McConnell. Campus Operations. Campus operations will remain at normal levels. University buildings will operate as follows. The CSU Health Network will be open regular hours, including over spring break, to see students for medical and counseling concerns. Residence halls, university apartments, and dining halls will remain open as usual, including over spring break. The Lowry Student Center, Student Rec Center, UCA, and all academic business and service buildings will remain open for business as usual. The Veterinary Teaching Hospital and Diagnostic Lab will remain open for business as usual. The Morgan Library will be open for campus community members only. We will provide guidance for employees who need to work remotely. This will be shared soon. As a side note from the email, uh, as far as we know, KCSU will be staying open. We're having a meeting to discuss that tomorrow, so we'll still be around. Um, Back to the email. University travel. All university international and domestic travel that has not yet commenced is suspended, effective March 23rd through April 10th. The university will reevaluate and issue further guidelines in advance of that date. Exceptions may be granted based on critical need. More information on the exception process will be shared soon. On-campus events. All university events involving 20 or more external visitors or targeted towards an at-risk population are suspended effective March 23rd through April 10th. The university will reevaluate and issue further guidelines in advance of that date. Exceptions may be granted based on significant need, and more information about the exception process will be shared soon. And off-campus events. All university-hosted off-campus events involving 20 or more people or targeted towards an at-risk population are suspended effective March 23rd through April 10th, and the university will reevaluate and issue further guidelines in advance of that date as well. And exceptions uh, may be granted based on significant need, and more information about that exception process will be shared soon as well. These actions will obviously have a profound effect on our campus. 
In the coming days, we will be working through the many questions that will emerge from these immediate actions to provide additional guidance and clarity. Joyce McConnell continues, I fully understand the burden this puts on many in our community who will have to rearrange plans and rework how they conduct the university's daily business. I deeply appreciate the hard work so many of you have done and will continue to do through this public health crisis. Confronting the challenges of public health emergency like this creates discomfort and anxiety. Please know that Colorado State University is no stranger to responding to unexpected events that cause disruption in our lives and require that we dramatically and quickly alter our established paths. We have done so successfully in the past, and we will do so successfully again now. We will continue to provide updates and guidance as soon as often and as possible by email, social media, and at http dot, or colon slash slash safety slash coronavirus. She continues by saying, I'm thankful for each of you. I want you all to stay safe and healthy during this difficult situation. That is our primary goal now and always at CSU. Please take care of yourselves, of your friends and family, and of those in our community to whom you have the capacity to reach out with compassion. We are strong. We are resilient. We are Rams. We will get through this together. Thank you, Joyce McConnell. And with that, we are going to take a short break, but we will come back talking about the health care bills going through our state Senate and with our interview with State Senator Carrie Donovan. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And this is 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And we are back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we're just talking about the coronavirus uh, as a nation and also as a school here at CSU. And we just wanted to know your thoughts about the issue and what's happening. So go ahead and text us in at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. Let us know how it's affected you or just your thoughts on it in general. Yeah, it seems like this is affecting everyone. And uh, we also have all of, we're going to be putting all of our discussion so far and coming up onto our website, kcsufm.com. And if you missed anything, if you want to learn more that's a good resource. Uh, we have a lot of uh, what we think is useful information in the show. So kcsufm.com is where that will be stored. And also, um, it's you know not, not really on topic, but it is worth mentioning that uh, this Friday, tomorrow, the 13th, KCSU is hosting Get Launched, a concert featuring Mystic Eye, Glass Cases, and the Nova Kicks. Um, all three of those bands are local. Tickets are only $7 a piece. You can go to kcsufm.com. Big yellow bar is where you get those tickets. And uh, come see us. Come say hi. Let's have a little gathering while everything's still going on before spring break. And listen to some great music. That's going to be tomorrow at the Launch Skate Park. Mystic Eye, Glass Case, and the Nova Kicks are playing. Let's get launched. But back to Coronavirus. And the topic at hand, uh, we spent the beginning part of this show talking about how it is affecting CSU, how it is affecting us nationally, what the numbers look like, but we haven't really looked at what the Colorado state government is doing specifically to combat the coronavirus, and that's where most of the effects, that's where most, that's where most of the change will take place in our policy and where most of our uh, strategy to fight this is going to happen is at the state government level, not at the federal level, necessarily. 
Yeah, so Colorado State University may be taking its own precautions to safeguard against the virus, but the state of Colorado is as well. The state Senate has been working over the last few months to reshape the healthcare system in this state, and viruses like corona are an example of what healthcare reform seeks to fight against. Senator Kerry Donovan has introduced a public health option bill for Colorado, which, if signed into law, will provide Coloradoans with government-provided healthcare at a cheaper cost than private insurance in 2022. And Max actually had an opportunity to speak to Senator Donovan yesterday about the bill i did uh we're gonna play that right now hi senator donovan thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me today no no happy glad you guys reached out yeah well this is uh this is pretty exciting so we're here to talk about the colorado option yes an exciting step forward in healthcare for the individual market in colorado so just right off the bat uh, what made new legislation for a public health insurance option necessary Yeah, the reason we are presenting legislation this year is this is the result of a multi-year process of trying to address the ongoing issue of the rising cost of healthcare. And where we're seeing that most acutely is in the individual market. And that is an important market for the area of the state that I represent because up in the agricultural communities and in the resort and tourism-based communities, you're going to see a lot of people that have to purchase their own insurance because they don't get it through their employers. And so when people were starting to see their cost of health care rival the cost of their mortgage, it was time to take some big steps down at the Capitol. So how long did this bill take you to make? We started on this concept years ago, but I would say that the actual drafting of the bill that we are presenting in committee today started last year with House Bill 1004, and that bill asked the state to take some time over the summer and come back with some expert analysis of how to do a public option in the state of Colorado. My partner on this bill, Representative Roberts, and I then started to take that information from the experts that did the study and craft the bill over the past few months that we introduced last week. Like you said, some people's private health insurance options can end up rivaling the payments of their mortgage or other serious payments. How affordable do you think the public option will end up being? The public option we think will be 9 to 20% cheaper than current plans. Will all the same things be covered? Yeah, they'll have to meet the same thresholds of the silver and bronze plans that are that are offered in the affordable care market right now. So they'll have to be a what we call a federally qualified plan. So with the silver and bronze plans, what isn't covered? The silver and bronze plans cover what you would think of as like a mid-range good health care plan, including, you know, routine visits and even mental health visits as well. Section E of the legislative declaration in the bill requires that, and I'm quoting here, all compensation and rebates from prescription drug manufacturers pay to carriers or pharmacy benefit management firms be passed through as savings to policyholders. How's that going to work and how do you intend to accomplish it? Yeah, so this will be one of the ways that we secure reducing the cost of healthcare because right now there can be compensation and rebates that are intended to get to a policyholder that never reach them because middleman take away at them little piece by little piece. So the legislative declaration is kind of the narrative explanation of what the bill is intended to do. And then later on in the bill is the legal language that requires that to happen. 
And so there's kind of three parts of the Colorado option. One aspect of that is asking the prescription drug manufacturers to do 100% pass-through of benefits to policyholders. How will you enforce this bill and this public health care program with hospitals and health care providers? Yeah, the enforcement will come through the licensing of hospitals. And so we'll be able to say, if you don't participate in this plan and you can't prove to us that you don't have a reason to participate in it, i.e., you know, it would cause significant financial burden on your institution. The Colorado Department of Public Health may find hospitals that don't participate. This plan comes into effect in 2022, correct? Yes, on the individual market would be offered in 2022. It's a bit of time before then. What needs to get done before that? Yeah, between now and 2022, um, obviously our first big step is getting the bill passed into law. After it's passed into law and signed by the governor, the board will be appointed by both Republicans and Democrats and the governor. And then that board will begin working with the commissioner to design the plan and make basically a product that will then be able to be handed off to the private insurance industry to be able to sell across the state. There are some pretty interesting stipulations in the text of the bill for who would be appointed to the board. And one something I found very interesting was that it notes that at least two of the board appointees have to represent the people who would benefit the most from this. So the people who can't afford private insurance as it is now. How do you go about picking someone to represent those people accurately? Yeah, this is a common practice in the General Assembly. We have a lot of strong boards and commissions in Colorado. And there's actually a person that works for the governor that does this full time, investigates vets, interviews, and finds people to fill these roles on the boards and commissions. And so in this case, the way the board is structured is we have all these different voices that we want to make sure are on the board to ensure that as this public option, this Colorado option is rolled out, that it actually benefits the people that we are trying to help. And so the voices of the consumers will be very important on that that board. They'll go through an interview process, they'll be vetted, and then all boards are, they serve basically at the pleasure of the governor. So if there's anyone who doesn't seem like a great fit, they can be removed and replaced. But the board also has to have experience in a number of different areas. And so you could have someone who could fill multiple roles so that we have a very experienced and informed board that has, you know, the knowledge and experience to create the Colorado option. So like you said, this bill isn't signed into law yet. Uh, From your perspective, what is the process of getting it signed into law look like and how do you feel about it? Yeah, so today we're chatting. It's March 11th. The bill is in its first committee hearing. Each bill has at least one public hearing in each chamber and then at least two readings of the bill on on the floor. So it's starting in the House. It'll need to go through a couple committees in the House, then go through second and third reading on the floor, gain a simple majority vote to advance out of the House. Then it'll come over to the Senate and go through a similar process of being heard in committee, taking public testimony, and then moving on to the floor for debate by the senators to ultimately have its final vote that would send it to the governor's desk to be signed into law. And what do you think the likelihood is that it'll get there? 
This bill has incredible support across the state. The polling on it is in the high 70s, that people are really looking for an answer for high-quality affordable health care. So if, you know, if folks are listening, if the electeds in the Capitol are listening to the people that they represent, I'm very hopeful that this bill can gain the support to be passed into law. Do you think it could be passed into law as the text is now with no major changes? No, we are already offering amendments on the bill. Both Representative Roberts and I believe in responding to feedback that we hear. So we are offering uh, five amendments today. I don't think that will be the end of it as we continue to work on what is a very complex policy. But we are excited to continue to do that work to make sure that we have the best bill at the end of the day. Is there anything you can tell me about these five amendments? Some of them, they they are in response. Some of them are quite technical. Just the way, you know, the wording fell on the page, we felt that we could do it better. So, but largely feedback from stakeholders group that we met with a couple of days ago that was largely, I would say, the hospitals and the plan. So those in opposition of the bill. So I'm curious, and it's you are talking to stakeholder groups, how have private insurance companies reacted to this? I've had a couple meetings with them. I wouldn't say there's uniform opposition to the bill. Um, Some plans have different concerns, but we are trying to address those as the bill goes through the process. All right. I'm going to wrap things up here, but I I am curious. So there have been a lot of healthcare related bills being introduced in the state Senate in the last month alone. Does this bill relate to those? Does it work in tandem with those? Is this a coordinated effort to do health care reform in Colorado? The public option is trying to address the very specific problem of the exorbitant cost of health care on the individual market in Colorado. Of course, all bills have impacts on each other, but I think you're seeing so many bills on health care because if you go to the average person on the street and talk to them how their health care is working, And if they don't have Medicare or Medicaid, you're probably going to hear some pretty big concerns from them. And so you're seeing the General Assembly, you know, and our job here is to represent the public at large and push back against large corporations and kind of those big corporate machines we have out there. So I think that's why you're seeing so many bills on healthcare, and we'll likely continue to see them. There's also an impact of what happens at the state of inaction at the federal level. So the more that we see our electives in D.C. unable to make progress on an issue as important to health care, the next stage of government that can really take on those big issues is at the state. And so that's also, I think, while you're seeing a number of bills this session on health care. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Senator Donovan. Thank you for reaching out on this. It is a really important topic, especially for those who are just entering the workforce and may indeed find them ha- themselves having to buy on the individual market once they get off their parents' plans. So I really hope this has a good impact for young adults across Colorado. But I'm curious, so you, you talked about fi- fighting for the people against corporations that may not have their best interests at heart. And in this case, specifically, those corporations would be insurance corporations. But you are having listening sessions with the insurance corporations to talk about this bill. Philosophically, how do you approach creating law designed to rein in a corporation that may be out of control while still working with the corporation to design the law? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we're trying to address with the Colorado option is asking our large hospital systems to come to the table and be part of the solution. 
We are seeing hospital systems in Colorado make very large profits. Now, not all hospitals are the same, and we don't intend to treat all hospitals the same. Some hospitals, particularly those in rural Colorado, are just getting by, and we're going to treat those separately. But hospitals that have multiple C-suites that have six-figure salaries and are making huge profits year over year, they need to be part of the healthcare solution, and this bill asks them to not, we're not asking any hospital to not make profit by serving people on the individual market. We're just asking them to make a little less profit so the state can pass those savings on to the individuals. But what about the insurance companies? Insurance companies are also part of this bill. Um, In the Affordable Care Act, there was a lot of work done on the profit margins of the insurance companies because we were seeing very inflated big profits of these big corporations. And so the Affordable Care Act really took a stab at that and said, hey, you can only make a certain amount of profit. The rest of what you bring in needs to be passed on to the policy owner. This bill continues that expectation because the state will be doing a lot of the legwork that the insurance company would normally do, for example, designing the plan, negotiating rates. We think that the insurance companies can afford to pass more of their profits on to the policyholder. And so you'll see that talked about as the medical loss ratio in this bill, and we're increasing it to 85%. So we're asking them to put 5% more of their money towards the policyholder, ultimately, therefore, saving the policyholder money. Personally, I think that's fascinating. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Senator. You are very welcome. And thank you so much for having an interest in this um, important topic. Colorado is the only state right now who's working on a concept around a public option. We're calling it the ours the Colorado option because it's a little bit different, but it's a, it's a plan designed to fit Colorado and to help people of Colorado. So that was State Senator Carrie Donovan and I talking about the Colorado option. Uh, if you just got into that. Welcome. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ryan Wadsworth. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Colorado affordable health care going on. But we did want to reach out. We have been talking this whole show about the coronavirus, how it's affected uh, students here at CSU. But we want to know how it's been affecting you and people you know. So if you have an answer to that question or you have a story to tell us go ahead and text us in at 970-491-5278 once again that number is going to be 970-491-5278 and if you missed our whole discussion it's going to be up at kcsufm.com tonight yes it will be so with senator donovan right there i was talking about the colorado affordable health care option but the colorado affordable health care option isn't the only new health care bill in the colorado senate uh, bipartisan health care reform bills have been coming out one after another over the last month here are some of Colorado's newest health care bills, which could pertain to the coronavirus response. SB 20-915 allows parents of adopted children to supplement their children's medical bills for services not covered in adoption assistance plans. House Bill 20-1036 expands the references to official uh, the references officially listed medical services, expanding them to service providers throughout the state of Colorado. Senate Bill 20-033 would allow people over 65 to buy into Medicaid. Senate Bill 20-005 removes cost sharing and co-payments from medical services, requiring that all services be invoiced in one bill. House Bill 20-1140 would prohibit health care providers from denying Medicaid recipients primary care. 
House Bill 20-1160 requires that drug and pharmaceutical companies report all prices transparently so they can be an analog... So they can undergo analysis by government commissioners. House Bill 20-1232 gives Medicaid authorization to have state pay for routine cost of life-saving conditions. Senate Bill 20-119 expands Canadian health care imports. House Bill 20-1236 creates a process to make Medicare and Medicaid application easier. And Senate Bill 20-188 calls for use of plain language in hospital bills. Now, this is not the complete list of bills. If you want to see the full list of introduced bills, you can go to leg.colorado.gov. But keep in mind that none of these bills have actually been signed into law yet and would not go into effect until the future. So if any bill caught your attention, you can always contact your local representative and let them hear your opinion. And it's worth noting that no final votes have taken place this year, meaning no bills have been approved or vetoed. All of those bills are currently in the process of being deliberated on by the House and the Senate, being rewritten. But if any of those caught your attention, seemed relevant to you, you can follow them online and you can contact your local senator, congressperson, um, whoever can make a difference. We do have a little bit more news from our uh, campus news reporter, Brittany Liske, on the topic of coronavirus at Colorado State University. Uh, Colorado State University has activated a unique combination of national experts, facilities, and vaccine manufacturing capability to help in this fight. The CSU Center is one of the nation's secure biosafety level 3 facilities where special construction, filters, and other safety equipment along with rigorous training allow experts to conduct safety research with microbes such as those that cause yellow fever, malaria, plague, SARS, MERS, and other contagious diseases. Several of the dozen plus infection diseases, experts who are studying the COVID-19 virus at CSU described their work and answered questions at a community coronavirus outbreak forum on campus on February 19th. And a video of the forum can be found online at CSU's website. So that's all we've got for coverage on the coronavirus as of today. But just keep in mind, CSU community and Fort Northern Colorado's community, uh, Northern Colorado. Did I say Northern Collins? <laughs> oh, man. Northern Colorado community. A lot of talking today. Um, don't worry. This virus hasn't spread up here yet. We have one case in Larimer County, but for the most part, it's pretty contained. We have really good resources to take care of it. And just let's all take a deep breath, look at the facts, stay calm, and move forward, hopefully optimistically. Yeah, we just wanted to put all of the information that we knew and that we had obtained into one comprehensive list for you so that you could find it. And again, if you missed anything on our show today, you can go check out kcsufm.com. All of it's going to be up there tonight. And if you have a story or you have an opinion on the coronavirus and how it's affected you, go ahead and text us in at 970-491-5278. That's right. Um, We're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to come back with the end of the show, the weather, thank yous, all of that good stuff. We'll be right back. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And you are listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And once again, we were just having a little talk about healthcare in Colorado and the coronavirus and how it's affecting the nation and how it's affecting uh, Colorado State University. And if you missed any of that, once again, it's going to be at kcsufm.com tonight. 
and we probably also, tomorrow <laughs> we also wanted to let you know that we wanted to know about your opinions on the coronavirus and how it's affecting you so go ahead and text us in at 970-491-5278 once again that number is going to be 970-491-5278 but we are going to shift gears a little bit and talk about just some different things <laughs> to end the show out <laughs> different on a different note but uh that entire discussion will be available probably tomorrow probably not tonight Probably tomorrow, just due to technical stuff. But then, uh, hopefully, we'll since we are going on spring break after this show. This is our last show before spring break, and uh, we won't be making any content for a little while. We'll be uh, hopefully rebroadcasting this one a few times, so we can keep our information as relevant as possible while we're gone. And then, hopefully, we should be back. Uh, well, we don't start till Wednesday that week, so then yeah. that Thursday. So our first show will be. Uh Thursday of the 27th, I believe. Way to know a day. I think that sounded right. No, it's Thursday no. the 26th. Close Shoot. enough. Shoot. Okay, well, really close. Yeah, Thursday the 26th is when we will be back on the Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, we're going to miss... I'm going to miss doing this. Are you going to miss doing this? Yeah. I, but, I, I, yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> but speaking about knowing a day, um, I have a little bit of news that I would like to share. I feel like Max wants to ask me a question. Oh wait, yeah, I I, I do actually. I was I was thinking about spring break, but I, I really do need to know, Ren, what day is it today? It is March twelfth, and like most national days, today has a couple food themed ones. So first off, it is National Big Scallops Day. So scallops are a cosmetologist a cosmopolitan family and can be found in all of the world's ocean and this is according to the national day calendar they are one of the most popular shellfish in the world and highly prized as a food source they're so good i'm so yes. hungry i definitely I think they are one of my favorite as well like when someone does like a good, a good plate scallop. of scallops yes. oh my gosh uh they are there are two fleshy parts of the scallop that are usually sold at the market for human consumption the adductor muscle is the white medallion of meat, which is rich and sweet, and this is the piece that is most f familiar as the quote-unquote scallop we see on the menu. There's also the coral, or the roe, which can range in color from a pale coral to a bright orange. This huh. crescent-shaped piece is usually discarded before the scallop is sold at market because it may contain toxins. I have seen those. I was like, <laughs> what is that? But I have seen those. Uh, you know, so, something I learned the other day, hmm. um, if you go to your local like seafood counter at your local grocery store, you can get lemon slices and rosemary fresh rosemary for free very nice um i didn't know that i've been paying for rosemary like a sucker yeah dang um today is also national plant of flower day which is pretty self-explanatory uh, the idea of it is just to increase oxygenation in the world and to make it a little more beautiful so nice. if you're not afraid of the coronavirus and want to go outside and risk the elements you can go ahead and go to go and plant a flower if you feel that is what you need to do. Go uh, plant a flower. That's awesome. <laughs> we don't have it up here. We don't have coronavirus up here. So go plant a flower. Today is also National Girl Scout Day, um, which kind of fits into what we were talking about earlier a couple of weeks ago, which is what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? And It's I, still Tagalongs. It is correctly uh, Samoas. We're not getting back into this. This divided the whole office. Yes. Like, like actual like war broke out. Factions were divided. Territory was claimed. Zay made some really cool armor. <laughs> um, pretty sure Hannah took out a few lesser DJs. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was. It was divisive for sure. But that is all the National Day news I have today. But there is one more thing we have to talk about before we end the show. And 
I don't know. It's just something in the air that we have to talk about. Not the coronavirus. <laughs> we already talked about that. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. It's time for the weather. Woo. Woohoo. Well, um, it has been like the nicest week. I wasn't here to do the weather on Tuesday, so I couldn't couldn't pontificate how much I've loved this. But uh, this has been the nicest week. I'm taking my dog out every day. I hope y'all have been doing the same. But uh, I do have to say today, there is a chill in the air. And uh, there's actually a high chance of snow as we move into the evening. The low is 29 degrees. And the high today is 44, which we've actually gone higher than. It was 48 this morning. So maybe that snow won't show up. It doesn't seem like it has. Haven't been outside a minute. But it's a little windy. Not too bad. Fingers crossed. On Friday, you can expect the sun to start peeking out of the clouds and temperatures rise up to 49 degrees. So we're not, you know, as long as long as the snow doesn't come down and stay, we're not going back into, like, the cold territory of a few weeks ago. We're staying nice. Not as nice as earlier this week. We're staying nice. Moving on to your weekend, the temperatures are going to keep rising to 50 on Saturday, 55 on Sunday. The clouds might stick around, though. Uh, we're kicking off spring break with spring temperatures. You can expect Monday to be all the way up to 60 degrees. So it's going to stay nice. Might snow tonight, but if it doesn't, I think we're out of the clear. Um, and let's all enjoy it. You know, I'm really psyched for spring break. Ren, I know you're going to Las Vegas. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. I don't believe in the corona. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. I believe it exists. But um, yes, unfortunately, my season was cut short for Winter Guard. So I'm missing out on a lot of competitions. And we as a team elected that we'll do one more show in Las Vegas. So well, good luck. Yeah, thankfully, we we're able to do that. Um, so yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I am doing nothing that interesting. Uh, I am probably playing a lot of video games. I think that's the only interesting thing I'm doing. I'll probably, I might go skiing, might go snowboarding. Why not? That's actually not a bad idea. I have some passes left. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. I know I've also, uh, got a lot of free time. Maybe I'll record some music or something. I don't know. Let's, uh, we got an extra long break and then online classes. There's going to be a lot of free time coming up. So, uh, maybe I'll write some fun stuff for this show. Yeah. But uh, that is the end of our show. We're going to miss you guys. Yeah, we definitely are. We're going to not be here until once again, uh, March the 26th. So make sure you tune in for that. Or if you really miss us that badly, all of our shows are up at kcsufm.com. And you can hear our lovely voices there anytime you want. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to miss doing the show that badly. So I'm going to be rewatching them. But also, you can come see us at uh, Launch Skate Park tomorrow night. Get Launched is happening tomorrow night. And uh, you can get your tickets now for $7 at our website, kccufm.com. Big orange banner, Mystic Eye, Glass Cases, and the Nova Kicks. All local, all awesome. They're going to be playing. I'm going to be there. A lot of other big names. Uh, not that I'm necessarily a big name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, DJ Silent G is going to be the be there. Or uh, Chef Zay, you know, everyone. Or uh, Actually, no, wait, Zay is not going to be there. But DJ Silent G will be there. And it's going to be really fun. So definitely come check it out. Tickets are $7, kcsufm.com. And that's also where you can listen to this show if you missed any part of it you want to find. But now it's, it's, it's actually time. I, we've been putting it off because we don't want to go. No. The music's playing. 
And this music is brought to you by Damien Castile. Thank you so much, Damien. Thank you, Damien Castile, for our our amazing music and some of our break music. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We wanted to thank our reporters who unfortunately were not able to make it in the studio, but still deserve a shout out. So that's Brittany Lusky and Chrissy Conklin. And Brittany actually wrote a little news piece for today, even though she is sick. So thank you, Brittany. Yeah, we also would like to thank Senator Kerry Donovan uh, for being able to do that interview with Max. Yes, that was very exciting. I've never talked to a state senator before. That was that was cool. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone in the office who makes this possible. I don't have my normal list in front of me, so let's see how good I am at this from memory. That would be uh, Julia Baddeley, Isaiah Reyes, Hannah Copeland. Oh, you have the list. Uh, Peter Walk, Monty Daniels, Mia Sawaya, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, uh, Taylor Sandal, Desiree, Yasmin, Josh, Sam Bonifay. Um, oh, this is the old list. I totally said Mia Sawaya. Well, we miss you, Mia. You too. Uh, and everyone, everyone here. Everyone here, thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you. And I have to thank Ren because well, you're you're a really uh, talented person and you're good at this and I love doing this show with you and I think we uh, hopefully can help inform people and make a difference. I think yeah. we're doing it. I need to thank you, Max, for writing this entire show. That is so incredible. You did the interview, you did the whole show. So this show really wouldn't have happened without you. Thanks. And we went over time, we, the song kind of ended, but we of course have to thank you. We could not do this show without you, and we are definitely going to miss you for these next couple shows that we're not going to be able to talk to you. We are. Uh, we hope you found today's episode educational, informative, useful, going into your extended spring break, spring quarantine, whatever we're calling it now. So thank you. Um, and with that, we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.